0: This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Whew. All right. Yeah, I, it, I'm just, I mean, just being straight with you. I don't feel old enough to have been married 30 years. I really don't. I, I feel like a teenager sometimes until I try to stand up. <clears throat> And then all of a sudden, my back reminds me that, hey, uh, you're not a teenager. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, my wife has, uh, has been through thick and thin with me. And, and um, we, have, um, we have fought the fight together and, and will continue to do so uh, for many, many years to come. And um, we're, we're just trying to catch up with Gary Marguerite. That's all we're trying to do. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I have a value of, of, I have a lot of values, but I have a lot of things that I value. And one of those things is, uh, is, is loyalty. And one of those things is longevity, right? And, and just, and just staying on the fight, just staying in the fight, not giving up, not quitting, not turning around, not, not dropping the ball, Right. Those things are very, very important to me. And, um, and, and I just think um, others, you know, who have given us such a great example to follow, like Gary Marguerite and like, um, like Don and Willetta Incrode, and all, you know, just those, and those who we've been able to watch fight the good fight gives you strength to fight the fight amen amen all right uh, if, you, if you if you can't tell i'm trying to shift gears in my head here because my wife gets me all befuddled the... and <laughs> <laughs> and then i don't know what to do so anyway before um we, we had a great meeting on wednesday night um a great uh, focus 2020 where we cast a vision and and, and uh, just shared some things and we um, ordained our, our, our elders Jim and, and uh, Frank who have been serving us for a long time but yeah we we made it official we put a ring on it right and um, and so um, we're 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 thankful that God is raising up godly men and women to to do. The work of the ministry and to 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 make it happen, to keep it going, it, it, I, I believe that God also values longevity, and values fighting the good fight, staying in the fight, right? And, and and there's nowhere that that's more evident than in the church, and and so we're we're excited about that, um, and and what God is doing it, last year, you know, part of part of that evening last uh, on, on Wednesday was just a reflection on last year and, and last year um, I, w- I was reminded as I thought back on it that last year was our year and uh, in, in January of last year I, I said I think God is calling us this year to be the year of empowerment and as I reflected on that and looked back over and as you see on this you know up here on a Sunday morning now how many voices are speaking to you, and how many hearts are open to you right from um, from rich to, uh, to to Cody to um, Jerry to Jim to uh, to Chad, you know all of the guys that are that are they're up here speaking to you that prior to last year didn't really we didn't look like that <laughs> and and there are so many people working behind the scenes, and doing things, and making things happen, and putting things together, and and um, and it's it's because God has called us to to empower people to live into the ministry that they that they have in them, right? To 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 release what He's put in, and and we want to provide a, an opportunity and an environment where that can happen, where where you can. Where you'd be able to pour that out and and there's lots of there's lots of different opportunities, but I just wanted to point that out because when, when God gives us a, a focus when he gives us uh, something at the beginning of the year to to point our to, to aim at listen somewhere along through that year i didn't really even think about that whole empowerment word anymore, but that But that flow had already begun, right? It it had already started. And and through the year, we we just continued to add and add and add. And now we look completely different than we did before that. And and this year, I believe that God has called us on this focus, uh, on, on this way of focusing so that we can position ourselves for what He's sending. Cody mentioned the, 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 the passage in Malachi. What he didn't know is that yesterday, for an hour and a half, in our men's ministry uh, impact, men's ministry, I talked about fatherhood. I talked about being a father and, 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 and stepping into that role and being fathers to the people around us. That, that, that there's, you know, we, we might have a, a lot of, to the Apostle Paul puts it this way you might have a, a bunch of teachers, a bunch of tutors. Right? But you don't have many fathers. You don't have many fathers that will come alongside and actually take responsibility for you and, and step in the fight on your behalf and, and lay their lives down and love you the way Christ loved the church because that's what husbands and fathers do. They let go of their themselves. They lay themselves down for the sake of their families, for the for the sake of those who God has called uh, them to be responsible for. And when we will do that, when we will rise. To that occasion, listen. God can can release, the, throw open the floodgates of heaven and release on us blessing that we can't even stand or or, or bear. And we will. And, and listen, when you get crushed under the blessing, it's a good crushing. It's the kind of crushing that turns grapes into wine. Come on, and when and when we, as fathers, let me just talk to the men for a second, can I? As we men, as fathers and as husbands will rise to the occasion that God has called us to, And give our lives for the sake of those who He has given to us, who He has blessed us with in our our lives, whether that be our families, our wives, our children, our church family, the people that we get to disciple and pour our lives into and make a difference in the lives, and people come for advice and for guidance and for whatever else support that you can give. Listen, as you pour that out, it makes space for God to throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour into you what you never thought you didn't have because you don't know what you don't have till you have it come on and when you and and when you're willing to lay it all down to give it all out and I believe it positions us in a place where God is able to release over us what he has in mind and what he has in store and what he has in mind and in store is always greater than what we do because our imaginations are just not that big. <laughs> They're just not that strong. And, and, and living into that calling. Living into that way of living. is the only way to live. It's the only way that we can. Now and listen. We may have blown it in the past. But there is new grace every morning. There's new grace every morning. His grace is made new every day, every morning. So regardless of what you have done or didn't do in the past, regardless of how you've blown it or or failed or whatever it might be uh, in the past, today is the day that you let go of all of that and you move forward in your freedom and you move forward in the power that the Holy Spirit has given you to live into the destiny that He has called you to. Amen? There is no shame and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That doesn't mean that we never made mistakes or we never blew it. <laughs> we never dropped the ball. What it does mean is that we can let go of that, washed in the blood of Jesus, walking in the redemption of our Savior. We can step into a life that, is, that, that, that actually leads to something powerful. Come on. Oh, I haven't even started preaching yet. This is not my sermon. This is just me shifting gears. <laughs> this year, 2020, is a year of focus. And that focus is on living into the destiny that God has called us to live into. To living into the full potential of what God wants for you, as a person, as 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 a any of the roles that you, whether a father, or a mother, whether a parent or a a, a son or a daughter. Listen, you, you really want to be a good you really want to be a good father or mother. Then be a really good son or daughter, <laughs> because it's hard to be a it's hard to be a good father if you haven't been a son. I, I talked about that last yesterday. That if you if you didn't grow up in a, in a in a circumstance where you, got to be, where you got to be fathered and you got to be a son, then it takes some growing then, right? It takes some cultivating to be able to step into that role that you haven't actually seen or experienced. But that doesn't mean that God is not providing people around you that can meet that need for you, that God can fulfill that role for you. But you're going to have to go get it. It's not that you're gonna that, that someone's gonna just come and give it to you. You're gonna have to go get what you need. When we came to this church, I came to this church personally because I was so empty and so broken and and, and so depleted that I was at the end of my rope. I had nothing left. I remember praying to God, God, I I'm I'm at the end. I don't I don't see any. Light. I don't even see a tunnel. (laughs) And God said, finally, now I've got you. Now I'm going to bring you. And he led me one step at a time, very gently, very carefully, very intentionally. As a father does. Right where I needed to be. Now we get to live in a legacy of what God has done and what God gets to, what God is doing in our lives. Uh, today, I, I want to talk to you about this: the, to seize the opportunity, to seize the opportunity that God has put before you. Now, I didn't plan all of that as an introduction to my sermon. That's all just what God's put in my heart but it works so he does that kind of thing makes it look like I actually had all worked out but but listen here here's what I believe happened is is that you know that, that 25 26 years ago God had a plan and he and he And He moved us step by step into the place that He wanted us to be. But here's the thing. I could have fought and did. And did. I did. Spend many, many years fighting against God's plan. Fighting against what, I, what God was trying to lead me into and lead me toward. And, and trying to run away with everything within me to get away from it. Because I had been hurt. I had been let down. I had been disappointed. I had been made angry. And I was carrying all of that with me. And I didn't want any part of it. Any part of made me, uh, Anything that I had the illusion that might make me soft, I wanted no part of it. And I ran from it forever. I ran and ran and ran. And and listen, but here's the thing. The things that we think are going to make us soft is actually what God is going to use to make you strong. When God puts compassion and love and forgiveness in your heart, that doesn't make you strong. That makes you destructive to the enemy. That makes you destroy. That makes you a very dangerous combatant against the enemy. And when we're willing to live into that, but listen, most of us don't just live into that willingly. (laughs) We got to get, we got to hit the bottom. We got to, we got to, we got to run into some difficulties and some hard times. But, but listen, it's, it's there. I thank God that even in my crazy, (laughs) even, even in my desperation, even in my darkness, that that was there and, and, and that was in that time. Even there, God gave me a gift. And that gift was the gift of giving up and saying, Fine, fine, God, I'll do it your way then. I'll do it, right? <laughs> because that's what forgiveness, that's what, that's, what, that's what surrender looks like. Surrender looks like, Fine. I'm not going to fight this anymore. I got nothing else. I got nothing left. I'm going to just give it all to you. And when I gave it all to him, he took it. And he said, finally. Now I've got you. On January 23rd, 1997, Suzanne and I met Tom LeHue and, and Tracy. They were. He was the pastor here over at the old building. We filled up the baptistry and we got baptized in the kitchen. And for me, that moment was a moment of absolute and total surrender to everything that I had been running from for 15 years. Everything that I had been denying and trying to get away from and trying to ignore, that was a moment of of letting it go, letting it all go. And we took that opportunity, we stepped in and we seized that opportunity to do that. And and, and I've said it this way many times through the years, that it felt like from that moment on our anniversary in 1997, God hit the fast forward button on our lives. And from that point forward, it was like everything just started zooming by. And all of a sudden, within a very short period of time, God had, had restored and made up for and put back even more than I could have ever asked for or imagined into my life that all of those years that I thought were just wasted years, that were just thrown away, running from Him, He restored them all and brought them all back. Just like that. Because He will redeem the years that you think you've lost. And he will restore the things that you think you've destroyed. Because that's what he does. He's a way maker. A miracle worker. A promise keeper. Light in the darkness. Somebody ought to write this down. It would make a great song. (laughs) What opportunity do you need to seize this morning? What opportunity do you need to right now in this moment say, Lord, I'm dropping everything and I'm taking that. Because you have to let go of everything else that you've held on to. That you that thought was working for you. That you thought was protecting you. I, I'll tell you what I thought was protecting me. I thought anger and bitterness and, and resentment and unforgiveness was protecting me from being hurt ever again. And so I lived that way. I didn't live so much that way on the outside, though. It was all on the inside. And and see, back then, I couldn't have told you any of this. I didn't even realize any of this. But you don't know what you have, right? There's an old song that says you don't know what you have till it's gone. Well, you don't know what is holding you back and keeping you stuck until you get free from it when you get free from it you realize oh that's what that was that's what that was doing to me that was that's what was keeping me from seizing the opportunities that God had put in front of me and it was that place that God led me to that he took me right there to the end of my rope where he said okay now are you gonna drop it or not are you gonna let it go or not Many years ago, during, somewhere around that time, I heard a sermon on the radio. It was a sermon by Joseph Stoll, who was the president of the Moody Bible Institute back then. And, and listen, I went to seminary on the radio. You know, from 95 to 99, I was, a recruiter, I was an army recruiter. I spent a lot of time in a government car running around this county chasing teenagers to join the army which meant for me a lot of time to listen to the radio. <laughs> and, and, and I listened to Joe Stoll, Moody Bible Institute. I listened to Charles Stanley. I listened to every sermon Charles Stanley ever preached before 1997, 95, 90, 98, 99, all those, uh, like anything I could get a hold of. I have cassette tapes. I have boxes of cassette tapes where I recorded Charles Stanley's um, sermons in the middle of the night I set a record I set a timer recorder on the radio this is uh, I mean you millennials don't know anything about this this is you've got everything on demand right we had to do it in the middle of the night because on the radio station they played the same thing during the day They did it again overnight, right? So they only had to do 12 hours of programming. And so I couldn't record it during the day, but I could record it during the night. So I set a timer and I have cassette tapes with those sermons on it that I would listen to over and over and over again. And some of those sermons, there are certain things in those sermons, little phrases or little thoughts that just stuck in me. They just became a part of my DNA and who I am. And and this is one of those sermons that that just stuck with me. And and I just remember listening to this this sermon by Joel Stoll, and and he said, he said, "What what is in your hands? And he told a story of a, of a man who, who he was talking to. And, and, and he said, the, the man told him, look at your hands. What do you see? And he said, I, s- I see the lines. He said, I, s- I see the lines that palm readers, I guess, would use to tell me what my future is. And, and the man said, no, 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 no. That's not what those are. The man says, what those lines are, are the burn marks from the nets that you had to drop to follow Jesus. I want to to show you where this comes from. Mark chapter 1, verse 16, it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow Me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. The old version said to be fishers of men. Just sounds a lot more biblical, doesn't it? Verse 18. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he, was go- when he had gone a little further, he saw James and, and the- James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Here's the verse I want to focus on. Verse 18. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left their nets and followed him. Here's the question that I have for you. Is What are the nets in your hands. What are those nets in your hands? When you look at your hands and you see those lines in there, listen, when those nets are gone, these are the burn marks that are left because we all have nets in our hands. We all have something in our hands that, that once upon a time or maybe even now prevent us from fully following Jesus. But when we are willing to drop those nets... When we're willing to drop that thing that is holding us back, for me, it was some anger, some bitterness, some resentment that was built up. It was was me trusting in the army. I've said it many times that the God that I had to overcome, because we all have gods in our lives that we have to overcome to be able to follow the one true God, the, the, the God that I followed back then was army. It was Army Green. I used to say stupid things like, if you cut me, I bleed Army Green. Whoa. Right? Because that's what I was depending on. I've always said you can identify who your God is by completing this sentence If all else fails, at least I have blank. Whatever your blank is, if it's not God, it's your net. It's that thing that you're holding on to. It's that thing that's in your hands that's preventing you from fully following Christ with all your heart. What is that net? I just want to share a couple of examples. People can be your nets. People can be your nets. I made up a new word. You've heard frenemies, right? Well, there's also a famines which I can't say right because there's no N in it, but at the end of it, it always comes out faminy instead of famamy because that don't sound right. That has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted you to know that. What does that mean? Listen, sometimes your friends and your family that are closest to you are the ones that are in your way. Here's how you can tell whether a friend is a friend or a frenemy. Is he preventing, is she preventing you from fully, fully following Christ? Is there something in that relationship that's keeping you from truly stepping out and living into the destiny that God has called you to? If so, then that's a relationship that needs some work. Is there a family member that, that keeps dragging you back into some old stuff that you were once stuck in and, and, and keeps you from being able to step into the destiny that God is calling you to? If so, listen, they might not mean it. They might not want to be, but they are a family. That don't work, does it? It's a reason that nobody ever made that word up. It's not always Intentional. But anything that is an enemy to my soul that keeps me from fully following Christ is something that I have to overcome, that I have to move through and and get past. People who are different than you, Listen, th- this is where prejudice comes from. These are people that we are afraid of because they are different than we are. They see the world differently than I do. And, 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 and sometimes it keeps us from fully devoting our lives into the welfare of the people around us because the people around us are different than we are. And we're not willing to actually commit. <laughs> All of what God has called us to release and to give into the world because who He's calling us to are not like us. right? Jonah is a great example of this. Jonah did not want to live into what God called him to do. What God told him to do. Jonah was a prophet in the Old Testament who was called by God to go and to release the good news on Nineveh. On the Ninevites. And Jonah was like, I don't think so I don't like those people I don't like those Ninevites they're evil they're not like me they don't think like I do they don't look like I do they don't act like I do they don't talk like I do I don't want any part of that and so God had to put him through a situation and in the belly of a whale (laughs) after surviving miraculously a shipwreck it wasn't really a shipwreck. It was more of a walk the plank situation, right? Because Nineveh, uh, Jonah is trying to get away from where God is sending him. To Nineveh, so he goes the other direction toward Tarsus, and he gets on a ship that's going toward Tarsus. and along that way, this storm comes up out of nowhere, and, and the people on the sailors on this on the ship are like, This is not a normal storm. This is not regular. This must be from the gods. This must be uh, something that's that's happening because of the God uh, of, and, and they and they start trying to figure out who whose fault is this? What is going on? And Jonah actually steps up and says, uh, that would be me, my god my, my God's the problem he, he's he's the one that's that's doing this because uh, he's mad at me because i'm not following him i'm not doing the what he told me to do, so he's trying to get my attention. Maybe he ought to just go ahead and throw me overboard suicide by sailor right' it's, <laughs> they don't want to but eventually they're like well we're all going to die if we don't so they throw him overboard and he gets eaten by a fish and it's there in the belly of the whale or the fish or whatever it was it was big whatever it was it was also miraculous That God preserved him. Listen, this is maybe a part of the story that we don't talk about much. God will preserve you in an unlivable situation if He has a destiny for you on the other side of it. Regardless of how bad your life might be, how far gone your situation might be, listen, if you're still here, you're still breathing, it might be God miraculously stepping in and preserving you because He's just waiting for your resurrection day. He's just waiting for that day when you will be regurgitated out of the fish back up onto the beach so that you can get back about His business and doing what He's called you to do. Because that's what He did with Jonah. Jonah came to his senses there in the belly of the whale. And he repented and he gave it all to God. And God brought him back up out of the whale. On the third day, he was resurrected and restored just like Jesus. And he goes into Nineveh, a sinful city. And he begins to preach the good news about God. And they all begin to repent and to turn and to come back. And a whole city of evil, wicked people were saved because God took someone to the end of the rope. And they finally seized the opportunity to surrender to Him. Stuff can be your your nets. The stuff of this world... The things of this world that we get so tangled up in and so wound up in, the stuff that your kids are going to sell for quarters in the yard sale someday, that you're all wound up and stressed out about, that's the stuff that can be your net and hold you back. Pretty soon that stuff that you were so excited to go out and buy and order and and get and and play with and all of that now is clutter that you wish you could get rid of. Right? (laughs) Right? is clutter because that's what the stuff of this world becomes is clutter financial bondage when we when we go into situations that that we know are out of our reach but well we want it right pride greed and covetousness these are mean nasty words aren't they But there are things that can be fed by the stuff of this world if we're not careful, and if we don't keep it in its proper perspective, and then those things can become our identity. And listen, when your identity gets wrapped up in something temporary in of this world, that's not an identity that you want to sustain, because our identity is in Christ, in Christ alone. It's in him that all of our hope is found. And so when we understand that, we can let go of the stuff of this world and walk free. The last one is your safe plans and dreams can be your nets. I think this is, part, this is a lot of what I had to let go of back then. It's a lot of the burn marks that are left in my hands now is those safe plans, because listen, there's no safer career. I know this sounds ironic and maybe whatever, but there's no safer career in, in the world than the military, right? I mean, you got to work hard to get kicked out. you gotta, you got you to really, really blow it to get fired. If you just show up and breathe and don't do anything stupid, you'll get at least promoted to you know, a livable le- level, and, 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 you can, and you can make it through. And at 20 years, they'll give you a pension for the rest of your life. That's just, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer, right? That was my safe plan. <laughs> that, was, that was at least, if all else fails, at least I have my military career. At least I have Atheist to shop in, right? like four of us that know what that means but I'm moving on what is your safe plan what is your safe dream when God brought us to the end of that rope and took us. Listen, I had always said if I if I stay in the army for over ten years, nothing will get me out. Suzanne would attest to that. I said it all the time. If we're if I'm in mean, for more than ten, I am not going to be one of those guys. All the military guys know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to be one of those guys that says if I'd have just stayed in, I'd be retired by now. I would have retired ten years ago. You know all that. I mean, we hear those guys all the time, right? And and, and listen, I. I <laughs> I was not going to be that and I said if I stay in for 10 years I'm going to do the other 10 standing on my head gargling peanut butter if I have to it doesn't matter I'm gonna I'm gonna see it all the way through at 10 years and four months we got a knock on the door it was Tom who had just came from an elders meeting and said hey we know you're getting close to moving you know to moving out because we were about to move back to California to a new duty station a plush duty station an army soldier on an Air Force base in, what was the name of that town? I, I forget. It starts with a B, a really fancy town just north of uh, Los Angeles, sits up on it. San Bernardino. It doesn't start with a B, it starts with an S. <laughs> <laughs> San Bernardino is where we were going to be going to an Air Force base, which is like the Hilton, you know, it's like, to run a TV station. That's what I was going to do. Selected by the Department of the Army to do this job. and Tom knocks on the door and says, hey, just came from an elders meeting. Know you're thinking and getting ready to move on to, to move to, to California and all that. But, but we think that God wants you to stay here. We want to offer you a position as a youth pastor. And we're going to pay you $100 a week for, to do it for your trouble." done done yeah and i think we made that decision on the spot in that night it was all it was a done deal it was a done deal and 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 i just i want you to know god's faithfulness i never worked a single day for a hundred dollars a week God was faithful and the elders were faithful and they were and they were willing to step out in faith and say, no, listen, if God's called you here, he's going to provide for you. And he has provided every single day. He's provided every single day and more and more and more. Yeah, glory to God. And it's an amazing thing to watch. But what is your safe plan? Listen, God has a plan and it's better than yours. That's all I know. That's not an arrogant statement. That's just the God that I know. <laughs> that's what he called me to years into ministry. I said, God, what is it that you want me to pour my life into? What do you want me to give my life to? He said this, teach and train and preach and plead with people to trade their will for God's will because God's will is always better. That's all. So that's what I do every week. I come up here and I Preach and I plead and I teach and I holler and hoot and shout and whatever else I can do to get you to trade your will for God's will because God's will is better. Don't trust in your safe little plans and dreams and think that you're okay because that's not the life that God called you to. The life that God called you to is living on the edge for Him, trusting in Him every single day, every single step that comes. Listen, God knows what you will be, not just what you are now. God knows what you will be, not just what you are now. (laughs) Don't get stuck in what you think you are right now or what you think you're not right now, because here's what I know. God doesn't look at the you that you are. God looks at the you that you will be when you are fully surrendered to Him. And when you're fully surrendered to Him, you're going to step into things that you never thought would be possible. So what's the net that you need to drop? What you value most will show up in your hands. When you look at your hands. When you look at those net burns in your hands. Do you see something of this world or do you see what you let go of? Do you see what you released and what you put down so that you could stand before the Lord with open hands and open heart and say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Right? It's so, it's so funny that Jerry mentioned that passage. In Isaiah, this says, Who will I send? Who will go for us? I'll tell you who will go for us. I'll tell you who God had in mind when he said who will go for us. It's the ones that only have net scars in their hands, but no nets. Those who have let it go and laid it down. Luke 9, 23 is a very familiar passage. It says, then he said to them, to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Because that's how it works in the kingdom. It's upside down every single time. The only way that you're really going to have what you want in your hands is to let go of what's in your hands. Amen. We all stand. Suzanne and I are gonna go away for a couple of weeks. We haven't been away in a long time. As many of you know, um she had a stroke um about two years ago, almost two years ago now. And so it's uh it changed our lives quite a bit and changed what we did and and uh so we're we're gonna we're gonna head down south and you're going to be blessed. Cody's going to preach next week and Ken's going to preach the following week and you need to come and just get all you can of them because I'm coming back <laughs> the third week. But sometimes we just have to take whatever we're holding on to. Whatever hurt, whatever whatever kind of that we think we're using to protect ourselves. Whatever that's preventing us from living fully into the faith that God has for us. Faith is not based on your current circumstance. Faith is not based on what you can see in your hands. Faith is based on what He says He has for you. And that means your hands need to be empty. So whatever it is, just hold out your hands for a second. Whatever it is, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us right now anything that we have in our hands. Anything that might be holding us back and keeping us from fully living into the destiny that you have for us. Lord, I just pray right now that all around this room we would just hear nets falling and hitting the ground that they would just slip right on out of our hands and, and, and crumble at our feet so that we could stand be- before you, Lord, with open hands, open heart, absolutely willing and declaring, your will be done in me, through me, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe, and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.